back to Sinister, Strange, and Suspicious. I'm Casey. And I'm Elon. And we are so excited to be back recording episode number three. Um, we started our Facebook page this week and we are already up to over 200 followers. Yes. And also over 200 followers who are not just our friends and family members. <laughs> right. Not just people who are obligated to like this show. Yes. So welcome to our crazy little family new friends. We are excited to have you. Absolutely. Um, so far, there's been a really good response from the first two episodes. We are aware that the sound quality is not the best, and we will um, work to improve that as our podcast grows. So just kind of bear with us, guys. It's a process, you know. Always a process. (laughs) (laughs) So today we are talking about conspiracy theories. This is my favorite. This is also my jam. (laughs) I am a little sad that we both forgot our tinfoil hats. No, we've got to remember. We got to prepare. <laughs> so, a conspiracy theory is a theory that explains an event or set of circumstances as the result of a secret plot, usually by powerful conspirators with mustaches that they can twist nefariously. And not the nice kind of hot Franz Ferdinand. Mustaches. Right, you know, like the skinny, creepy... Snidely whiplash. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) um, Some some conspiracy theories are more well-known than others, right? Yes. And in our research, um, we kind of looked up a few of the popular... The ones that are more well-known and, I guess, for lack of a better word, mainstream? Mainstream, yes, yes. So, I mean, you have the obvious, like, JFK's assassination, Mm -hmm. the Illuminati, and then there are some that kind of were surprising on that list. (laughs) (laughs) There's some that aren't as... mm, Conventional? (laughs) Yeah, some that aren't as, I guess, believable. Okay. Like President Obama being born in Kenya and um, being secretly uh, one of our reptilian overlords. (laughs) And also Muslim. Oh, yeah. And also that. We can't forget that. No. Um, I think you found my favorite one, though. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So there is a theory that (laughs) Israel uses animals to spy on other countries so um basically they lead them to a series of shark attacks in egypt in 2010 um hezbollah actually accused israel of using eagles to spy wait do they have lasers though do this the, is my do the question have lasers yes because freaking laser beams freaking laser beams on their heads <laughs> And also the 2011 capture of a griffin vulture that just happened to be carrying an Israeli-labeled satellite tracking device. Wow. <laughs> These are intense. I kind of love it. It's kind of kind of awesome. Yeah. In a creepy sort of way. So, so uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
We've got a couple, we've got a few conspiracy theories that we're going to talk about today. Um, we have one that is, it has some possibility in the, you know, it's, it could possibly exist. And then a couple others that are just off the charts weird. Which are my favorite. <laughs> Absolutely. When you sent me the show notes, I <laughs> was laughing. I may have laughed so loud that I startled the dog. Nice. Startling the ham beast. <laughs> the ham beast. Poor Otto. He's just a Hulk. He is. I adore that dog, though. <laughs> so, the first conspiracy theory that we have for you is Jim Morrison, the man, the myth, the lizard king. <laughs> <laughs> so, I picked this particular rabbit hole because it is sort of plausible, like some of the wacko evidence dug up isn't that far-fetched. Honestly, no. I mean, given that we're talking about conspiracy theories and we did end up down a few different rabbit holes here, this one is kind of on the likely, could possibly exist, could could have happened yeah, scale. I mean, like, eh, maybe. Right. Yeah. So, Jim Morrison was born on December 8th, 1943. He was a singer, a songwriter, and a rock legend. <laughs> like, golden god status. Seriously. And the man could rock the shirtless look. Oh, my oh, god. Yeah. <laughs> so, he grew up moving around a lot. His mom was a stay-at-home mom. Like, the typical, like... 60s housewife um dad was a rear admiral in the navy which um by all accounts that i could find would suggest that he was a major asshole mm -hmm. um because of his dad's assholishness jim hightailed it out west after his first year at junior college he ended up studying film at ucla which is where he met the members of what would become The Doors, which ultimately would become an iconic rock band that would have hits like Light My Fire, Hello I Love You, Touch Me, and Riders on the Storm. Oh, Riders on the Storm is my favorite. It's totally going to be stuck in my head all day. Now. Oh, easily. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so Jim was sort of well-known for his unwholesome ways, like drinking, drug use, and outrageous stage behavior. Um, you know, the 60s were a simpler time. Mm -hmm. And there weren't Miley Cyruses walking around with jagged vagina pants. <laughs> um, and Jim Morrison was kind of the embodiment of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of women would clutch their pearls. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so definitely unknown for his unwholesome ways. Um, lots of drinking, lots of drug use, lots of outrageous stage behavior. Um, so The Doors ultimately would release six studio albums in all, as well as a live album and a compilation before they went kaput and Morrison would move to Paris to write poetry before allegedly allegedly ODing in a bathtub where he died of heart failure at the age of 27. Mm -hmm. So 
Side note, um, the 27 thing in yes. rock and roll lore is like a conspiracy theory of its own. Mm-hmm. And I did not cover it in this piece because I had a feeling that you would enjoy the idea of doing a separate episode on that. Oh, absolutely. That's probably that's probably my top <laughs> probably top five conspiracy theories, the 27 I Club. had a feeling. <laughs> so I'm not going to say any more about that, but I am acknowledging that we are aware of that. So yes. <laughs> no angry comments that I left that out. So now we say that he allegedly died because there are rumors on the internet that Jim Morrison is actually alive and well. Um... And I'm going to kind of break down these theories and give you my unsolicited opinion about what I think happened at the end. So, um, when Jim died, the official cause of death was listed as congestive heart failure. But a lot of people online with not a lot of hobbies still (laughs) have a lot of questions about the mysterious circumstances that surrounded Jim Morrison's death. In order to do these conspiracy theories their proper justice, I'm going to back up a little bit in the story. So in 1969, at a concert in Florida, Jim was accused of exposing his genitals to the crowd. Afterward, he was convicted of indecent exposure and profanity, leading many promoters to cancel shows for the band. All right, so first of all, (laughs) have you seen this Golden God's physique? I mean, honestly. Who complained? (laughs) That's called getting your money's worth where I come from. Honestly, that's a show. It's a deal. (laughs) A freaking steal, guys. So with his appeal pending and in the midst of... Many personal and legal troubles, Morrison moved to Paris in March of 1971 with his girlfriend, Pamela Corson. Side note, Pamela Corson, it turns out, was a hot freaking mess. She partied a ton, her and Jim drank and did tons of heroin. They were kind of like the OG Kurt and Courtney. Uh. Yeah. Sadly, Pam would also overdose and die in 1974 also at the age of 27. Imagine that. While in Paris, it is said that the Doors frontman gained so much weight that he became unrecognizable, leading many to believe that his health was in jeopardy, or was it a disguise? Bum, bum, bum. Let's find out. So there are two popular versions of his death floating around online that I kind of found like these are kind of the the two main theories of how he died um the first being that in the early morning hours of july 3rd 1971 after a night of snorting heroin and spinning some vinyl at home with his beloved glorious rock god jim morrison who was apparently afraid of needles Ah. was found dead in his bathtub He had went into the bathtub after he started feeling unwell. Apparently, um, this particular heroin that he had obtained was extremely strong. And it was thought at the time that if you OD'd on heroin, a warm bath would be helpful. Hmm. 
if you had overdosed. That's so interesting. I don't know if that has any actual scientific merit, but that was what he believed, so that's why he ended up in the tub. Oh, okay. Because he was trying to snap out of this. In the second version, Sam Burnett, a club manager and friend of Morrison's, claims that Jim Morrison actually died in the bathroom of the Rock and Roll Circus Club, a place that Morrison frequented often during his time in Paris. He showed up the night of the 7th looking to score... Wait, that can't be right. We're going to have to do some editing. Mm -hmm. Adding a flag there. So in the second version, Sam Burnett, the club manager and friend of Morrison's, claims that he actually died in the bathroom of the Rock and Roll Circus Club, a place that Morrison frequented often during his times in Paris. He showed up the night of the second looking to score some heroin. After he got the goods, he went into the bathroom and never came out. He said that night, when we found him dead, he had a little foam on his nose and some blood too. And the doctor, who apparently just happened to be there, <laughs> said, that must be an overdose of heroin. He was found dead on the toilet from an apparent overdose due to snorting bad heroin. The dealers who sold him the drugs wanted to cover up the death, so instead they insisted that he was unconscious and then brought him back to his apartment where they placed him in the bathtub versus, you know, calling an ambulance and getting actual help. Right. So they placed him in the tub and he would be found dead by Corson the next morning. Oh, okay. So, in a third version that has a lot less publicity than the other two, mm -hmm. um, singer Marianne Faithful claims that her ex-boyfriend and drug dealer by the name Jean de... I don't even know how to say that. Brutillo? Brutillo? is responsible for Jim Morrison's death. In her telling of the event, the two stopped by the front man's apartment to drop off some drugs. However, the heroin was too strong and it ended up killing him. I mean, I'm sure it was an accident, poor bastard. The smack was too strong. Yeah, and he died, she said. Hmm. That seems like a pretty cavalier. It does. Like attitude. that just seems very casual and like you were involved in the Lizard King's death. And right. That's all you have to the say. The man. The man was an icon. Show some respect. <laughs> Rude. So now we have arrived at the fun part. <laughs> My favorite: <laughs> the conspiracy theories. So no matter which way his death went down, we know that the authorities ended up being called at some point and his death was ruled a cardiac arrest at the scene. There was no autopsy. What? No autopsy. Um, the inspector or examiner who responded just kind of looked at the scene and said, hmm, must be heart failure. Wow. Um, he was never transported to a morgue or anything, which is gross. Um, so the authorities end up being called. Death is ruled cardiac arrest with no autopsy. Um, so, I mean, I know that Morrison was known for partying ways, but 
I'm not so sure that we should just assume that that's what happened. Like, there right. could be foul play. Um, there, was, there were a lot of opportunities here that they could have, I mean, just taken a second to do a closer look. Yeah, so this is kind of the first part of the reasonable doubt, which mm-hmm. comes in with making these theories so plausible. So... After Jim died, the only people who would see his body was the medical examiner and his girlfriend, Pamela. His body actually stayed in the bathtub that he died in on dry ice until his coffin was delivered several days later. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that is... Okay, wait. So, they kept him in the bathtub Mm -hmm. with, with ice. Yep. Allegedly. Multiple days. Many days. Like, oh like at God. least three days. Oh, yuck. And then, so, the coffin gets delivered. His coffin was, he was placed in the coffin and the coffin was sealed. Mm-hmm. And the coffin was taken directly to his burial plot. This is where it starts to get interesting. This burial plot, Jim had purchased inexplicably seven days before his death. Oh, come on. The plot is in what is possibly the most guarded cemetery in Paris. So people can't like really get close access mm-hmm. like they might in other places. Um, and strangely, his death was not announced to the media until six days later. Wow. So, like, I get it's the 70s thing. We don't have social media. Mm-hmm. And I get, like, maybe word doesn't travel as fast. But I feel like six days is still a long time for someone who was as famous as Jim Morrison. Absolutely. I mean, sure, there wasn't, like, TMZ announcing it an hour after it happened. But, oh, my God. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, it's a week, almost a week. Yeah. So, that's, like, a lifetime in the media. Mm-hmm. Um... After Jim died, the only person who would see his body was Pamela. His body stayed in the bathtub that he died in on ice until the coffin was delivered several days later. Oh my gosh. His coffin, Jim would be placed directly in the coffin. The -hmm. coffin was immediately sealed and taken directly to his burial plot, which he had inexplicably purchased seven days before his death. The burial plot is in what is possibly the most guarded cemetery in Paris. Strangely, his death would not be announced to the media until six days after his death, which is like a lifetime in the media. Yeah, it was the early 70s and things were not quite like they are today, but this still seems a bit crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was literally one of the most well-known men in America at the time, so it seems like this would have been a newsworthy event. Oh, absolutely. So rumors of his death spread rapidly throughout Paris over that early July weekend, which again, why did the media not get Mm -hmm. wind of it if this is happening? So um, when reporters kind of reached someone at his apartment, they were told that he was in a local hospital resting. Oh, wow. Um, The regional office of the United Press International reported that the singer was recovering and being treated in a hospital or sanitarium, according to Rolling Stone. When the Doors manager um, heard about the news, he ended up contacting Pamela 
and was told that Jim was resting. When he pressed her on the issue, she told him Jim was dead. So he flew to Paris pretty immediately. I think he was there literally the next day. Mm -hmm. So he ended up taking part in a short funeral. There were less than half a dozen people in attendance um, next to the unmarked grave, which is located in the Poets' Corner near 17th century playwright Moliere in Père Lachaise Cemetery. During the whole experience, no one looked inside the coffin to verify that Jim was actually inside. Everything was done in a hurry, said a woman who was visiting a nearby grave. Um, She said no priest was present, everyone left very quickly, and the whole scene was piteous and miserable. Oh, That's so sad. It is. Bandmate Ray Manzarek was pretty pissed off that their manager did not actually verify that Jim had died. He had talked many times about faking his own death, and Manzarek thought that this could be him kind of putting his plans into motion. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim hated being famous and he longed for a simpler life outside of the fame that he had found. Manzarek recalled in his autobiography a heated exchange that he had with their manager where he kind of asked the manager, how do you even know he was in the coffin? How do you know it wasn't 150 pounds of fucking sand? You buried a sealed coffin, man. We will never know the real truth now. It's going to be... Rumors from here on out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Alan Graham, Jim Morrison's brother-in-law, has went on public record stating that Pamela actually flew back to the United States on the 6th of July, 1971. The date of the funeral, though, was the 7th. Mm. Isn't it a little weird that she wouldn't have stayed for the funeral? You'd think. Like, he was her lobster. Oh. And she just, like, left. I don't know. Weird. So, the day after Jim died, his doppelganger was spotted at a Paris airport. (laughs) One week after he died, someone by the name of Jim Morrison went to the Bank of America in San Francisco and made a huge withdrawal. Mm-hmm. The teller at the bank said he recognized Jim na- Jim's name and his face, so he did not ask for ID because he knew who Jim Morrison was. The information gets more bizarre. His death certificate says Douglas Morrison, and a second person wrote James underneath the name Douglas, which appears to be in a different person's handwriting. Oh my gosh. So the deaths, according to this one article I read, the death certificate has been examined by handwriting experts, and they conclude that it appears to be the handwriting of Jim Morrison, but I couldn't find anything that actually backed up that claim. Okay. So take that for what it is. Mm-hmm. So further, Jim had, on many occasions, publicly expressed his desire to change his identity and re- reappear as someone else. He was a big fan of poet Arthur Rimbaud, who faked his own death and relocated to Africa. He had a motive as he was in big trouble back in the United States. He was totally burnt out on the music business and the rock star status that he had attained. What if he faked his own death, changed his name, and is living in Oregon? 
Honestly, that's kind of the dream, though. Right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> Gerald Pitts is a one-time agent of The Doors, and he says that Jim is still alive and well. He's not the only one who says this. Our friend Ray Manzarek, the Doors keyboardist, would go on record as saying that Jim Morrison still lives and he is living in Oregon. Mm-hmm. He stated that when the grave of Jim, when he went to the grave of Jim Morrison in Paris, there was zero energy of Jim there. Oh, so sweet. That's kind of sweet. It's believed that Jim has changed his name to William James Lawyer, and he is running, get this, Jim Morrison's (laughs) Sanctuary Ranch in Oregon. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. According to Gerald Pitts, He believes that Jim faked his own death to escape from a French conspiracy to kill all of the influential protesters from the U.S. Hmm. Gerald stated that Jim believed he was next when he was looking at who had already died. Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, etc., etc. Jim was pretty convinced that he would be next. So he figured he needed to do something about it before they did. Right. So William James Lawyer does not deny that he is Jim Morrison, but he also doesn't say that he isn't. Mm-hmm. Like he's not like he's not saying one way or the other. Um, he really doesn't have much to say about it at all. To prove whether he was or was not. Jim Morrison, that would obviously require a DNA test, which he has refused to do. Right. Which is his right. But when you compare the picture of William and Jim, they do look surprisingly alike. Yeah, they definitely do. That jawline. Oh, the jawline. And there's like the slight bump in his nose Mm -hmm. and both. So, and we'll make sure to post those pictures on Facebook for you. Um, yeah, he does look like he could potentially be an aged Jim Morrison. Yep. So, that's our first story. Apparently only William James Lawyer will know <laughs> if he's Jim Morrison or not. Right. So, in the second theory surrounding Jim Morrison's alleged faked death, you can find videos of an aging, bearded, hippie old man singing, reciting poetry, and performing Lizard King dances, a.k.a. Jim Morrison's (laughs) signature dance moves. Um, Just basically, this dude's in New York, living his best life. He looks kind of like Grizzly Adams. Mm -hmm. Um, The guy's name is Richard. Um, As with Mr. Lawyer, Richard refuses to confirm or deny that he is Jim Morrison, probably because he's, like, got attention from it. Absolutely. You know, um, so this amateur cameraman and YouTuber who goes by the name of Broken Star has literally been following this guy around for, like, 10 years. (laughs) Who has this much time? I don't know, but I feel like, I feel like it's, like... It would be like following Boombox Ronnie around for 10 oh, years. Oh, Boombox Ronnie. You know, like he's 
it seems like this guy is like a beloved figure in yes, his neighborhood. He's known. So the guy's like recording him and befriending him and like so I mean Yeah, you're you right. You know, I mean I I don't personally record Boombox, but no. like everybody know, knows him. Yeah. Everyone in Kalamazoo says knows hi. Him. Yeah, so, and he's a sweet guy. I'm taking it as kind of that type of situation. Like, yeah, I could see that. So a little less creepy than like stalking. Right. But, <laughs> um, so this guy has released seven ish videos that I could find where he that he believes he's proving that Jim Morrison is alive and well. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna show you these pics. Right. And I would love to hear what you think. Absolutely. Okay. So this is the one of Jim Morrison and Richard side by side by side. Uh-huh. They they do resemble quite a bit. And even I mean when they mentioned in the article that uh Jim had started to gain weight and he wasn't yeah. recognizable. It I think this, this is a heavier picture of him on the right. Yeah, he's a little he's a little sturdier, but oh my yeah. gosh! And I mean, you figure you figure he'd be like in his seventies now. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, the profile fits mm-hmm. in that picture. And then we have the um, the progression of Jim Morrison's face morphed into William Lawyer's face. And I can totally see this. I mean, this is the one that. This is really striking. Yeah. They look really similar. And really like similar. we said, jawline, cheekbones, they do look very similar. And I mean, the fact that he runs Jim Morrison's sanctuary right. ranch. What are the odds? Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, this next one is another shot of Richard. A little further away. Um, but yeah, you can totally see it. It's we're, we're looking at the nose shape again. The Grizzly Adams, mm-hmm. Charles Manson kind of complete that they've full got going beard, on. yeah, like wild longer hair. I I can totally see this one. Mm-hmm. And also, there is a clip of Richard <laughs> um, doing the Lizard King moves, and I, I mean, I get it. I totally get it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it's a possibility, right? Yeah. This so one is in the realm of possibility. It is. Do you want to hear my outlandish theory? That Absolutely. I, that I've come up with? So mine is going to go a little more to the crazy side. Okay. And I'm going to say that Jim Morrison was likely some highly intelligent being mm-hmm. who was a part of like a government project or test, okay. maybe, perhaps. And he got a little too crazy. He liked uh, the hooch a little too much. Mm-hmm. So they took him out. Yep. He couldn't be controlled anymore. So they took him out. Gotcha. However, his clones <laughs> escaped. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I love the clones. I love clones. That's my favorite. Me too. Me too. Any of these kind of like outlandish government conspiracies involving clones, just they, they, my imagination takes them in, just runs wild. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Oh, man. So, while we're on the subject of very likely theories, oh no, I want to talk about mine. Okay, I've got two. I've got I, I, there. 
absolutely ridiculous, but they're super fun. These are literally some of my favorite conspiracy theories that I've <laughs> ever heard. They're like weekly world newsworthy. Oh, absolutely. Like National Enquirer level. Bad boy. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this one is probably my favorite. Um, back in December of 2014, YouTuber Dave Johnson posted a video proposing that John Benet Ramsey's murder was a hoax. No. <laughs> now, this video is no longer on YouTube, but if you search for it, you can find it elsewhere. He thinks that John Benet was not murdered that night, but kidnapped as part of an Illuminati conspiracy. What a whack job. <laughs> It's his belief that her parents staged her death for some unknown reason, and she resurfaced as, get this, Katy Perry <laughs> in 2008. So I watched this video when it first came out, so years ago, and I kind of forgot about it until we started doing the research on this. And I watched it again, and this is just, I mean, it's bonkers. So in the video, he narrates, like he's doing his voiceover in the background, all these people are liars, man. Nobody got hurt. Nobody died. That sacrifice was in name only. And that sacrifice was to get something. John Benet Ramsey became Katy Perry. That's how that worked out. What? <laughs> so the whole basis of his theory is that Katy Perry and John Benet Ramsey look alike. Like, this is literally the crux of, of his theory. Okay. He juxtaposes the pictures and then does this, like, crossfade blend of their faces. It is amazing. It sounds pretty dramatic. It is. And, like, the music and everything swells. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. So when he released his video, this was suddenly the topic among YouTubers. So other people were supporting the theory and actually did some response videos and added to his initial um, theory. So we have a YouTuber called Jungle Surfer who posted a follow-up video entitled, in all caps, John Benet Ramsey, Katy Perry, very close. The basis of his theory, John Benet and Katy have the same eyebrows. Oh, well, <laughs> you didn't say that. Right, like I was holding back the real evidence right Jeez. um and his voiceover in the video you know the eyebrows don't change much on a person you're born with your <laughs> eyebrows they're very close very close indeed aren't they <laughs> okay okay so can we talk about how none of my children had eyebrows when they were born really they like if they did they were so fine oh yeah they were like light. blonde they were they, light like literally none of my <laughs> children had eyebrows when they were born see and i kind of you know you've seen tj and isabel's eyebrows yeah um my kids have very very strong brows because both my husband and i have very thick very noticeable no brows. shades and yeah i mean i get what he's saying with the eyebrows that he's kind of right because tj's got these you know Kind of Bert from Sesame Street black eyebrows, which are amazing and are beautiful on him. Yes, they weirdly are. Weirdly enough. Like, people compliment his eyebrows, which is hysterical. Some people can just rock eyebrows, though. Seriously. Frida Kahlo. Oh, my God, right? A I love a strong brow. I do. I love a strong brow. Um, so, yet another YouTuber who goes by VK33. Of course they do. Right? 
points out how they believe Katy Perry basically admitted to everyone that she's actually John Bonet in her <laughs> memoir. This is in reference to Katy Perry writing songs at an early age. There's a line in the memoir that reads, not that I was one of those stage kids. There was no John Bonet Ramsey inside me waiting to burst out. Super, super suspicious, you guys. But wait, maybe there was a John Bonet inside of her. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> this particular video, there were tons of comments. One of the comments questioned why Katy Perry would directly mention this if it was actually a conspiracy. VK33 simply stated, the Illuminati always puts out clues hidden in plain sight. Duh. <laughs> Such a likely story. All right, so here's my thing. Katy Perry is a whole six years older than John Benet Ramsey. Okay. Meaning she would have been about 12 when John Benet's murder occurred in 96. I have a theory. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. So also, we know where Katy Perry was before she came out with I Kissed a Girl in 2008. She released a Christian pop album under her real name, which is Katy Hudson, back in 2001. She was just bounced around by a bunch of different record companies until 2008 when she hit it big. Okay. Okay. So what's your theory? <laughs> I wish you guys could see, could see Katie's face. So did you ever watch OG Ninja Turtles? Of course. So the brain thing. Right. It's like the brain in a robot. Oh, um, uh, Crane. Crane. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Something tragic happened. Okay. To the original Katie Hudson. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I'm her, with you. Her body lived, <laughs> but her brain could not go on. Okay. So her parents bought Jean Benet's brain cow. on the black market <laughs> and use Katie, <laughs> use that brain to keep sweet Katie alive. Oh my gosh. You know there are going to be like 20 videos that pop up. Oh yeah. This is this I bet you this already exists. Somebody came up with this thing. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Okay. So in my deep dive of <laughs> celebrity conspiracy YouTube videos, I came across one more that was just too good to pass on. It was I have to share this one. This is <laughs> I I've, I've actually read a few articles about mm -hmm. this, probably more than I should have. <laughs> but I, I genuinely love this. Right. So I obviously fell down a YouTube rabbit hole on this episode. Um, but I came across this one where some people believe that Taylor Swift is actually the Illuminati clone of Church of Satan founder Anton LaVey's daughter, Zena LaVey. So she now goes by Zena Shrek, but I'll get into, get into that in a second. Zena was the high priestess of the Church of Satan from 1985 to 1990 and their first spokesperson. She was the one that did all their interviews and like media presence during the satanic panic <laughs> in the 80s and 90s. Um, she cut ties with the church in 1990, legally changed her last name to Shrek, and she now prefers to be only referred to as Zena. Well, I mean, I when mean, you're satanic royalty, you kind of can be called what you want. Seriously, you can go eponymous. Like, who's going to say anything? Right. Um, a clip of Zena on a talk show in the 80s, which I believe was Phil Donahue, but I couldn't confirm exactly. Oh, Donahue, those glasses. Oh my gosh, right? That I mean... 
Donahue and Sally Jesse Raphael were like the best. Yes, they were frame icons <laughs> for me. Like, let's, let's bring back those frames. Seriously. Um, it popped, so this video pops up on Twitter and the theory took off from there. So look, I, I just want you guys to hear me out. Taylor Swift is a dead ringer for Xena. It's creepy. Yeah, like they look incredibly similar and not just their eyebrows this time. Right. But the eyebrows don't hurt the case either. They don't. And I mean, even they they did a couple side-by-side comparisons of Xena with this very iconic red lip and a dark eye and then Taylor with the same makeup style and you guys it's insane. It's creepy like the same hair part. Yes. Like it's they're both like tall gorgeous blonde women and they're i mean they're with legs for days oh my god right the stems on these two i swear um so but the other theory that i kind of ran into and (laughs) i feel is layered to this and i have got my tinfoil hat on now okay taylor swift is actually a clone you know why because people think she does not have a belly button. <laughs> well, you know, she does have a love for the high-waisted bottoms. She does. And that is all she wore, like, pretty much the entire first few years of her fame, I would say. Lots and lots of high-waisted stuff. Or, like, one-piece things. Mm-hmm. Like, come to think of it, I don't know that I've ever seen her belly button. Bum, bum, bum. So, number one rule, folks. Clones do not have belly buttons. That is probably the best advice that I've heard all week. <laughs> do you remember that show Kyle XY? Yeah. High school. Yeah. That yes. he didn't have a belly button. <laughs> he did not have a belly button. So there's never any real explanation as to why Xena would even need clones, especially since she's no longer part of the Church of Satan. Um, but that's kind of where we are with this one. I have a theory on that, too. I bet. And anytime someone asks for clarification on any of these YouTube videos, there's like this dismissive IDK, the Illuminati kind of hand wave. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the Illuminati is responsible for everything. Everything. <laughs> okay. So go. What's your theory? <laughs> so perhaps Xena LaVey did not clone herself. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the higher members of the church unknowingly cloned her okay in case they needed a backup like what if she got taken out and yeah you know with the satanic panic they would need their face Mm -hmm. you know yeah and she was she was the face of the church Mm -hmm. wow so then when she like stepped down and left and things kind of settled down and died out they're like oh let this little clone live her belly buttonless life (laughs) her belly buttonless life I love this. I love this so much. Me too. <laughs> this is one of those. I am really happy we got a chance to do this episode because this one was a blast. We needed some fun after we the, did the pickled mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> the pickled mermaids and Anna Krejel fighting her little yeah, heart out. We needed we something did. light, something lighthearted that we could laugh about. And I mean. Clones don't have belly buttons. They don't. Now you know something. Yep. And now you learned. And, um, you know, just so no one steals our idea, you know, in the future we will make shirts that say um, clones don't have belly buttons. (laughs) Number one rule, guys. Remember this. Clones do not have belly buttons. 
So thanks for hanging with us today in our deep dive into the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. (laughs) We had so much fun researching this one and we love hearing feedback from you guys. We love getting your comments. Um, I really, really appreciate uh, so many of you following and reaching out to us. Yes. And please, if you like what we're doing here, or even if you just don't hate it, (laughs) go on Apple podcasts, subscribe, leave us a review, go on Spotify, leave us all the reviews, tell all your friends, because mm-hmm. that's how we are ultimately going to be able to take over the world. Yes, our, our world domination plans are coming to fruition yes. so through this please, podcast. Please help us out with that, and <laughs> stay tuned for our next episode. Bye! Bye!